Morning all, Colossians 1 verse 18. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. We thought last time about Jesus being the head of the body, the church, and I want to just pause on that thought, the body, the church, because I wonder if one of the ways the Lord may be teaching us in this particular time is about the church, about ecclesiology. We can't gather at the moment, and I wonder if that makes the church something many of us are pondering. We might never take it for granted again that we can get together with our brothers and sisters on a Sunday. Personally, I cannot wait to get together as a church again. I I really miss everyone, and it feels so wrong not to be all together. Many of us are are live streaming content um, from people in our churches, which is an amazing gift. I've, I've been so grateful to join by Zoom. But sitting behind a laptop in our homes, wonderful as it is, it it is not really church. It is not how we're meant to be. I can hear some of you saying, well, but church isn't, you know, the building or the programs or the services. Church is the people. That's right. But church is a physical thing. This passage tells us it's the body of Christ. Jesus is the head and the church is the body. The biblical word for church, Greek word ecclesia, it means congregation. It means those who are called out to somewhere else. I think it means we're the body, particularly called out of the world to our head. So yes, the church is the people, not the programmes, but it is the people together, the people gathered. It's the congregation. So it's not quite true when people sometimes say, you know, just because you're praying in the kitchen with your housemate, oh, this is the church, or because you've, you know, talked about Jesus at work. That's all great stuff, but it's not really the definition of the church. The church isn't a kind of individual thing we take around with us. The church is a physical, corporate reality. We are the church together. Now, we don't stop being the people of God at home when we're not in the church building or not in a service, but it is together, united in worship, around the Lord's table and feeding on his word that we are properly ourselves. It's a little bit like if you're on the board of a charity or a business. Um, Members of the board don't make decisions on their own because the board is the board in its board meetings. Um, The board members can't be lone wolves who act like the whole board is contained in them individually. No, rather they belong to the whole. Now I've been thinking about what I'm calling in my mind Reunion Sunday. We don't know when that Sunday will be. But we know it will come. And until then, it's a kind of a a painful wait, actually. But I've felt a huge encouragement as I've thought about this. This feeling that many of us have of waiting and longing and looking forward to what should be and what will be is kind of a parable of our whole life at the moment. We are waiting for the return of Jesus. Imagine that reunion Sunday when we're all back together in our churches, we're able to gather with the church family and worship and pray and hear the word together. We'll finally be able to take communion again, to hug and hang out in real life. I wonder if there might be very few other events in our lifetime that would be such a deep parable of the last day. 
Because on the day that Jesus returns, there will be the ultimate reunion and joy and relief and sense of rightness. He will finally take his church, his body and his bride to himself. And we will be one with each other and fully one with him forever. And Reunion Sunday, when it comes, is going to give us just a little taste of that. And I can't wait for it. This time of interruption that we're now in is not normal. It's not easy. It's not how it's meant to be. But the Lord may be sanctifying us and teaching us through it. I think of the Israelites in the Exodus, travelling through the desert, longing to be at home in the promised land. You know, out of Egypt, that's behind them. But they were not yet where they were meant to be. The Exodus has long been taken as a picture of the Christian life, looking for promised rest. So many hymns and songs pick up that story of wandering in the wilderness, the struggle and the patient endurance needed in waiting and hoping and then finally crossing the Jordan River into Canaan, the promised land, to be the people of God together at home in his land, the promised rest. One of the hymns that picks this up most is, I will sing the wondrous story. Here's the last couple of verses. I was bruised, but Jesus healed me. Faint was I from many a fall. Hope was gone, and fears possessed me. But he freed me from them all. Days of darkness still come over me. Sorrow's path I often tread. But the Saviour still is with me. By his hand I'm safely led. He will keep me till the river rolls its waters at my feet. Then he'll bear me safely over where the loved ones I shall meet. Yes, I'll sing the wondrous story of the Christ who died for me. Sing it with the saints in glory, gathered by the crystal sea. So our church's reunion Sundays can teach us a lot about that moment. And our hearts and minds now can be discipled and sanctified by our waiting and our longing, even by our frustration and our sadness. So a good prayer to pray is that as we set our hearts on reunion Sunday, and we feel the longing for it, let's pray that the Holy Spirit would teach us about longing for the day when everything is put right and we will always be with the Lord.